Good morning, Facebook. Good morning, Diverse City family and friends. Feliz Navidad and an early Merry Christmas from Pastor Drew and I, our kids, from our home to yours. I hope y'all are enjoying this time. We love you and we miss you. On to worship, everyone. This is an amazing time. Why? Because we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. There is nobody in the history of this planet that has such an impact on being born, living, dying, and then being resurrected. Come on, y'all. Let's go ahead. Give Jesus a hand clap, a shout, whatever it is. This is a service for Jesus. Everything that we do is about Jesus. Pastor James is going to bring part two of the This Christmas series, and we're going to be continued, continued to be challenged. We're going to continue to learn about what it means to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Come on, stand to your feet, and as we're thinking about Jesus, and we're thinking about how awesome he is, just lift your hands up and begin to to sing on those songs, joy to the world, begin to say, um, oh, little town of Bethlehem, just whatever it is that's pouring into your heart. Lord God, we love you. We worship you. There is no one like you. Come on, y'all. Begin to get the act of worship in your spirit. Lord God, overwhelm our atmosphere, Lord God. Overwhelm those things that would distract us, Father God. I pray that you would begin to um, open our eyes so that we're able to receive, Lord God, the word that you have for us today. Lord God, there is no one greater. There is nothing greater, Lord, than, than being in your presence right now. We thank you because you are awesome and worthy of the praise, dear God. And as the praise team comes to minister through song and minister with, with their instruments, Lord, I pray that you would allow your spirit to come and prepare the way. Stand to your feet if you're not already and begin to receive from the Lord as the praise team comes. We bless your name. Praise God, the most high. Amen and amen. Come on, praise and worship team and minister through song.
<laughs> What's going on, DCC fam? This is Robert Nelson. I'm here with Aftershock Youth Ministry. Y'all gonna turn up one time? Hey, what's the word? Oh my goodness. Turn <laughs> up me so I don't know. They agreed on doing the little hey thing. So whatever. So, uh anyway, we are reading a scripture for you all today. The scripture we're gonna read is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. I'm gonna share my screen here and we're gonna I'm gonna let these uh wonderful young ladies read it out for uh for you all. All right, so there we go. We're gonna start with Emily. Go ahead, Emily, start us off. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the name of the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan and Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they dwell, when they divide the spoil. For you have been broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, and as the day in the as in the day of Midian for every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of david and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward even forever the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform this good job ladies turn up gonna get yourself a little hand clap it up clap it up clap it i said clap it up y'all like clap it i clap hey that is the that is the most Ugh, clap it up. Okay, there we go. We got a little song. We got a little song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So um, next, I just want to know, just from you ladies, what does Christmas mean to you? When you hear Christmas, what does that say to you, uh, Zayana? Uh, well, when I think of Christmas, I think of family, because that's all I've ever spent my Christmas around, all my family. And we usually just hang out, do little things together. So whenever I think of Christmas, I just think of spending time with family. I dig it. How about you, Lanaya? When you when think I of think Christmas, it, what comes to mind? When I think of Christmas, I think of it's the time of the year where you can spend with family. You can have fun. You can be joyful. It's just all around fun. It doesn't always have to be about about um, presents and gifts like that, but that is a plus. And it's just a time where you can just show love to people, like be generous and just have fun. Okay. And lastly, Emily, what about you? What does Christmas mean to you? Uh, to me, Christmas means uh, remembering that Jesus was born the day that Jesus was born, his birthday, and that we have to remember that it's not all about gifts. We have to remember the reason for Christmas, and it's also a time to spend with family and appreciate the time we have with them. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I, I too, would say... 
that I definitely think of my family when I think of Christmas. Um, actually, more specifically, I think about my grandma's chili. So uh, on Christmas Eve, my grandma would make a huge pot of chili. And uh, anybody who is like 16 or older, so like not a little kid, gets to help wrap presents uh, and eat chili. All the little kids would have to go to bed. So just remembering being old enough to actually stay up and eat chili and kick it with the adults it's like I, I don't have to sit at the kid table no more like yay I get to wrap gifts so it, that's just the first thing that comes to mind when I think of uh, Christmas just hanging out with my family of course you know Jesus Christ him being brought to this earth you know that definitely plays a huge role and you know, I'm, I'm willing to lie. no ain't nothing wrong with a gift or two so, yeah thank you all for helping out thank you all for chiming in uh and thank you dcc for letting us do this this is aftershock youth ministry we uh we jamming it's what we do every wednesday you got youth bring them out come on through yes sir good morning diverse city welcome to our partners and guests and especially those joining us online we are so honored that you chose us for your worship experience this morning. Well, at Diversity, we believe that no matter your background, color of your skin, or what you have been through in the past, or your current location, whether you're watching me from the comfort of your own home, on your couch, in your car, even on your phone, it doesn't matter because we have all gathered together to give God the glory, honor, and the praise for he deserves it. Amen. I have two announcements for you this week, so get ready, buckle your seatbelt, and let's enjoy the season. Our first announcement is I want you to join me tonight, 645. The doors are going to open for our Zoom virtual Christmas party. Come on, I have come ready with my festive hat on. I've got my little antlers going, if you can see it. I've got my little antlers going. I'm looking all festive, and I am ready to just have a wonderful time at our virtual Christmas party. Come on, we have games. We have fun. We have music. We have so much for you. We have gifts, and we're just going to have an awesome time. So I want to see you, 645. Don't forget to sign up online, look for communication on Zoom. Come ready to just have an awesome time. I can't wait to see you. Pastor James can't wait to see you. And the rest of the leadership team, we can't wait to see you and just have fun. So don't forget tonight at 645, the doors open at 645. And we're going to jump right in at 7 p.m. Also want to make a note that because we are using Zoom, that we would like everybody to call in on time. Please call in so we can just have an awesome time together. The next announcement is this upcoming Wednesday. We are going to take communion. We have a special communion service just for you this Wednesday, 7 p.m. I want you to get your sacraments ready, get your bread, and get your grape juice ready so that we can partake of this wonderful, wonderful time. We are going to remember Jesus dying on the cross for us during the season. And I just want you to come ready this Wednesday, 7 p.m. Let's just block out our schedules and our calendars to make a commitment to join Diverse City for Communion, 7 p.m. this Wednesday. 
Well, all I want to say to you is Merry Christmas from our family to yours. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Have a blessed week, Diversity. Remember to spend time with your family. Enjoy the season. And remember, the reason for the season is Jesus was born. And we're just going to have a wonderful time celebrating his birth. And we're just going to have an awesome time with family and just enjoy the lights and just the season of love. Even during this pandemic, we can still celebrate the fact that Jesus was born because he has been faithful to you. He has been faithful to me and I am so excited. So have a great week. Merry Christmas. We love you and we'll see you soon. Okay. Hi, DCC family. This is our DCC kids. And we are going to share a Bible verse with you and a little bit about what Christmas means to each one of us. So here we go with our Bible verse. It is Matthew 1, 21. 21. You are to name him Jesus. You and he will save the people from their sins. Their sins. Okay. So now I'm going to ask each one of them what Christmas means to them. So Marciana, what does Christmas mean to you? Um, I think like Yeah, very good. Jameson, what does Christmas mean to you? It means spending time with my family and stuff like that. Yeah. Andy, what does Christmas mean to you? Um, joy. Very good. Charlotte, what about you? What does Christmas mean? Christmas Having the Christmas spirit? That's good. David, what about you? What does Christmas mean to you? Yes, heaven. It is heaven. Yes, and yes. Uh, and yes. Yes. Kobe, what does Christmas mean to you? Christmas tree. Oh, what does Christmas mean to you? Home Alone. <laughs> the movie Home Alone. Jojo, what does Christmas mean to you? What does it mean to you? Opening presents. <laughs> Opening presents. Okay. So Christmas means we're celebrating Jesus' birth 
And and that is what we always need to remember at Christmas time. And yes, I know you guys like all the presents and all of the lights and all of the trees. But let's not forget that we celebrate Jesus's birth on Christmas, right? Did some people stick the Bible? All right. We're going to say Merry Christmas. Are we ready? Yeah. I do. Merry Christmas. I mean, Merry Christmas. Hi, I fell in love with Jesus when I was 50 years old. His name is the sweetest name I know. I can call him up and talk to him when I am lonely or sad. And guess what? He immediately returns my call. I felt bad when I realized that he had been pursuing me for many, many years and said that I did not even think about him when I was a kid. I thought his birthday on December 25th was just to get candy and goodies and presents from a fat man named Santa Claus. Well, I enjoyed the toys and the food, but I messed up because I missed the best gift of all. I'm glad he never left me. That is one of his promises, that he would never leave us, and he would never forsake us. He has loved me in my messes and my sinfulness. Jesus is my brother and my friend, and I celebrate this birthday with him, with joy and peace in my heart. Merry Christmas, church family. May this new year bring many blessings to each of you. Love you so much, Miss Ruth. Oh, Jesus. Happy birthday. I know this is not, we don't know today, but we celebrate your, your birthday on today. And I just want to say I love you. And I thank you for loving me even before I knew how to like myself. But I thank you for the many trials and tribulations that you brought me and my family through. I thank you for the many people that have been in my life right now in church and how there's such a caring place. But I thank you for giving me an humble spirit to receive those who are younger than me for your word, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for through my trials and tribulations you taught me how to pray. So Lord, I just hope these words and meditations of my heart touch yours. And I love you. And all I want to do is sit at your feet one day and just worship you and hear your heavenly choir. In your name, Jesus, I pray. And I'm going to say this prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Our Father who art in heaven, I will be thy name, thy kingdom come, 
that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day by our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into no temptation, but deliver us from sin and evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen, Jesus. I love you. Hey, it's that time to give. It's that time to give. I said, it's that time to give. I said, it's that time to give and be obedient. That's right. It is that time for tithes and offering to give in this season of giving. That's right. I just made that up too. So there's that. Anyway, welcome. Welcome and welcome. It's your first time here. I'm Pastor Drew. It's time for tithes and offering. I tell you what, um... As you're getting everything ready to go and you're texting the word give to 73256, I want to remind you of the season that we're in and that Pastor James has been doing a wonderful job through uh, the last couple sermons talking about this Christmas. And I will tell you that it has really been a blessing and I believe that you're still uh, in for a treat today. Um, this has been an amazing point of view. We get so wrapped up in like the commercialism and then like the cutesiness of um, of knowing that Jesus was born and he was born in a manger and Mary and Joseph and all that kind of stuff. And we know those things, but the perspective that's been given has really been amazing. And I really believe that it's been growing those uh, who've been tuning in. And w that's what we need to be doing. We're here to grow as Christians. Don't become stagnant. Don't just go through the motions of every single thing um, just because you've been there and kind of done that. Um, this is the best time to be alive as a Christian during this time of year, okay? Because we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And there is no, that, that is the, literally the greatest, the foundation of our faith, the pivotal point that changed the world. Uh, Jesus being born the Savior of the world, literally think about it so whether you celebrate um on the 25th whether you celebrate it today whether you just uh gather around with family do not lose focus of what it really is about we always say he's the reason for this season but it's more than that he's the reason for life in in general without him we wouldn't have life so, you know, as you enjoy the merriment and everything else and you're going to diversity.church and scrolling down to the donate tab and you're clicking on it and giving there, keep in mind that Jesus is the savior of the world. He was born to save the world. Okay. So with that being said, enjoy the rest of the service. Enjoy the, enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy this week. Enjoy the merriment. But do not forget, do not forget that this Christmas God is going to do something different in your life if you allow him. Be benevolent, be giving of yourself, and God is going to bless us. Don't forget about your neighbor. Don't forget about your family and your church. God loves you. I love you. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I pray that you would bless us, Lord God, uh, not only today, but tomorrow, this next week, and in the incumbent year. Lord, I just pray that you would strengthen us as a church, strengthen us as a people. 
Lord, that we would come together like never before in this time, Lord. Lord, you need the church to be the church. Even though we're not gathered together in fellowship, Lord God, we can have an impact in our communities to go and spread the word, Lord, in this city and in this world. So I thank you so much, Lord God, for the gift that's coming in, Lord God, that not only stabilizes, but Lord, increases uh, what's going on here and for your kingdom. Lord, I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Good morning, good morning, good morning, Diverse City. Matter of fact, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you're excited for Christmas, if you're excited as a believer that Jesus is the reason for the season, right now go ahead and throw some likes. Make sure you share to spread the positivity. Make sure you do your part so we can help others know the reason for this season. Come on, right now, don't waste any time. Type Merry Christmas. Type Merry Christmas. This is our holy day. This is our Super Bowl as we have our opportunity to celebrate Christ. Merry Christmas. Say it one more time. Merry Christmas. Okay. So first of all, just want to give a shout out and thanks to everyone that made it possible for service today on this Christmas occasion. We wanted to celebrate Jesus. We wanted to worship God and showcase our diversity. Thank you to the kids for you sitting your videos. It's been great to be able to see and see you guys meet constantly every Tuesday, but then to give us some of that love for Sunday morning, praise and worship. Y'all are knocking it out of the park, and you continue to grow and usher in God's presence. Also to the Salt Ministries, did you enjoy those letters to Jesus? It's so many different things, and I am excited today for the word that's going to be brought forth to the house. But before we get started, I do have one announcement. Say tonight at 7 o'clock. All right, 7 o'clock. We are having a Holy Ghost Christmas party for Diverse City. We want you to join us on Zoom. We're going to have gifts. We're going to have games and prizes and much more. So this is a family event. So if you're a toddler up to you're a senior saint, everyone is invited. Everyone has an opportunity to be able to participate, engage, and win. Uh, if you can see, we can put this on the screen, the graphic. To join the party, you have to be able to come into Zoom. The number is 506-726-1129. The line will open at 645. We are Christians, but there is a few people that are still competitive, so make sure you bring your best. What did you say? Six o'clock. So they said the pre-party to the real party starts at six o'clock. So if you want to come and join and be a part of the pre-party to get you prepared for the party, join us. If you do have any questions, please private message us. Give us a call. Let us know. But there's going to be some great gifts. And this is just our moment to say thank you to our faithful partners, members, volunteers, and leaders at Diverse City. Of course, we would all love to be able to do this in person. However, based on the current environment, we're going to shift this to a virtual experience. All right? And then as you can see on the screen, back by popular demand, I got my virtual audience. We've got the Wilsons and the Wilsons in the house. I got my mama and my grandmother and my dad with us. Michelle, the love household, Miss Green, the bishops, Miss Wright, and Miss Tamika Young. I am excited to be able to see y'all. I'm telling you, no, without a shadow of doubt, nobody missed 
in-person service more than me. We're doing what we can. We want to be safe. We want to be secure. We want to make sure we're doing right. Sooner or later, keep on praying, keep on believing. And as the time is right, as the Holy Spirit releases us, and as we see the curve flattening, actually I'm believing for it to be removed, that we'll be able to come back together. But until then, we're going to continue to embrace technology and come right to the comforts of your home. Amen? Amen. All right. So last week we talked and kicked off a quick mini-series to finish the year called This Christmas. And I want to jump into the second installment of This Christmas. So go ahead and you can put this in the comments. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 1 and 2 to start us off. Again, that is Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 1 and 2. So go ahead and find it. And then in the comments, when you have it, put, I got it. And we're going to read from the New Living Translation. Okay. It's on the screen. Let's read. The Bible says Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern land arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to bring forth your word today. Lord, I am grateful to be used by you in this moment to be able to touch the lives of your people. Lord, I thank you that your word does not return void. Lord, I pray that we uplift and recognize that you are the reason for this season. Lord, open up our hearts to give us a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of appreciation for the great as the Lord, you are greatly to be praised. I am grateful we are here today because you came from your spot in heaven to come down on earth to show your love for us. And today in this moment, we open up our hearts to show our love back to you, to receive principles, to receive instructions, to live a life that is pleasing to you, that others may see, that others may know that we are followers, that we are disciples, that we are on the Christmas season Christians, that regardless of whatever happened in 2020, we're sticking with you. Regardless of whatever happened, you're not just king of the Jews, that you're kings of our hearts. You're not just just the kings of some people, that you're the king of kings and the lords of lords. So we thank you for blessing this message today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So for today's sermon, I really want y'all to catch this. Like, we're going to get deep into this, but I want to frame it around one question, Papa John. And here it is. How's your worship this Christmas? Let me look at my people on the screen. How's your worship this Christmas? Not last year, not 2019. Not the year you got saved, but how's your worship this Christmas, December 20th, 2020? How's your worship this Christmas? 
If we could be honest for a moment, our worship have hit some high points, but for most, our worship has been struggling, our worship has been pretty low, and it has been tried and tested, whether it's been by culture or politics or COVID or economics. And it is possible for us, while we can proclaim to be Christians, if our worship is not right, we can miss the importance and the value of this season. How's your worship? See, when your worship becomes distracted, it's mainly driven by confusion and chaos. Again, if your worship's not right, here are the first two things you got to check, confusion and chaos. See, when we think about confusion, we see the culture, we see others try to push more elves than angels. We see others try to push more fantasy than faith. We see others more self-righteous than selfless. We see others talking about this being a holiday versus for us is a holy day. We see so many people, whether it's kids, adults, and we're trying to figure out how can we get to Santa? And I'm asking the question, who wants to get to the Savior this Christmas? Chaos. Study any level of statistics that are going on. This is the season where crime is at the highest time of the year. Violence, mental health, depression, suicide, all of that happens during this time because of confusion and chaos. So as we look at Matthew chapter 2, Christmas is a story of worship. Again, Christmas is a story of worship. Say it with me. I need some engagement. Christmas is the story of worship. Good. A little bit off, but we'll work on our harmony. Thank you. So within our worship, things we could say, oh, yeah, I celebrate Christmas. I gave out Christmas cards. I, gave, I played Christmas music today. I'm wearing a Christmas outfit for Jesus. I bought some Christmas gifts. But within our worship, my prayer as we share this message today is that for every believer, for every Christian, that this Christmas, that our worship to God will be experienced and expressed at the highest level. Not at any level, but I want you to be able to believe. I want it to be evident and expressed and experienced at the highest level. Do you believe that's available today? I believe it. And I'm going to show you today, similar to in Matthew chapter 2, there are four different type of worshipers. And I believe in 2020, that these four type of worshipers are alive and well. So let's talk about it. Because you can't fix your worship if you're not willing to face the issues and challenges that are blocking your worship. 
So go with me first to Luke chapter 2, verse 7. Let's just throw it on the screen. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. The Bible says, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Don't forget that last part. There was no room for him in the hotel. See, the first type of worshiper, Tony is the innkeeper. Again, worshiper number one is the innkeeper. During this time, Mary and Joseph have traveled back to Bethlehem for a census. Now, don't get it confused. We just did a census this year for 2020, and we get something in the mail, and we just mail it out. Or if you're delinquent like me, pastor, somebody will come to your house and do a quick interview, ask how many people are in the home, how long you've been here, et cetera, et cetera. However, when you back it up 20, 20, 20 years ago, during this time for census, by law, you were required to go back to the city of your ancestors to be counted. So in Bethlehem, it's a small town compared to some of the other cities that we hear about. And so as Joseph and Mary are going back to Bethlehem, business is booming in Bethlehem. Oh yeah, it's census. We booked to the mats. There's a waiting list. We can inflate the prices. And Mary and Joseph shows up. And they say, sorry, no room for you. See, when you have an innkeeper worshiper, when you become an innkeeper worshiper, you can take the business opportunity, but you may forfeit the greatest opportunity of your life to have Jesus in your home. I'm going to pause for a bit. See, we have to be careful that we don't get too busy and we push away the Savior. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. My life is filled, and we're worried about our business, and you miss your opportunity for kingdom business. Oh, yeah, man, I made a lot of money this year. Oh, yeah, I did this with my stimulus check. Oh, yeah, I made all of this money off my stock price. But how is your worship as we measure it on the level of kingdom business? Is the church being closed mean that your heart has become closed? You have become stoic and stale, and you have developed an innkeeper mentality. See, if they only knew that the son of the living God wanted to come in, you would think, no matter what, I would give up my own room just to be able to bring him in. See, when I look at 2020, um, we've all had our share of experiences, but one of my biggest takeaways is that this has been the year of family. Hallelujah. Since the month of April, we've always had somebody in our guest room. See, when someone comes in your guest room, me and Allie flow a little bit different at home. There are some stuff she won't say to me when my mama is at the house. Ha! (laughs) The guest room. There's some stuff I won't say to her when I know her daddy's in the other room. And I'm asking you, if you become an innkeeper and Jesus wants to get in the guest room, would you be talking? Would you be walking? Would you still be moving and grooving in the exact same way? 
Are you willing to make room? We say no because we want to do bad. We want to keep our skeletons in the closet. We don't want to make any adjustments. We want to protect and keep our space. Revelations 3.20, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Can I come in? Is there room for me? And if you hear my voice, will you open the door? Will you allow me to come in and to eat and fellowship with you? Are you allowed to receive my presence or will you continue to shut the door? See, when we make room for him, it's going to take some time. When you have a guest, it takes time. You invest. There's going to take talent. There's going to take treasures if we want to be able to worship the king. You may not be able to sell out to the world, but you can sell out to him. Make sure you don't get too busy for Jesus. Amen. Put amen in the comments. I love what David said. And you can throw this up, Psalms chapter 39, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says, each person who walks around is like a shadow. They are busy for no reason, Papa John. They accumulate riches without knowing who will get them. Verse number 7, and now the Lord, what am I waiting for? My hope is in you. See, we can become so busy making a living that we lose our worship. We can be so busy consumed with trying to figure out how to make a living, and, we, and our worship becomes secondary. But this Christmas, I believe everybody that's online that is ready to get serious about their worship, they're not going to make it be a dead end. Do not allow your worship to become soft and dead in this season. Okay, I'm going to leave that one alone. Matthew chapter 2, let's go to verse number 3. And actually, if you're there, um, we're going to actually read verse number 3. I'll give a little bit of commentary, and then we're going to go down to verse number 8. The Bible says in verse number 3, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. So, Remember, as we read in verse number one and two, the Magi came in town and said, hey, we heard the king of the Jews is coming. We come to worship him. And now we see the king. He is upset. He is frustrated. And guess what? In verse number four through seven, he began to ask questions. Oh, really? He the king of the Jews? So what's going on? When is this popping off? Where is it going to be? What's going to happen? And then in verse number eight, and you can see this on the screen, it says, then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can worship him too. Hmm. See, see the, the second type of worship are in here. We see the King Herod. Let's be honest. I'm not even going to pull any punches. King Herod represents fake worship. 
That means when the song comes, we know how to hit the beat. We know how to do our dance. We know when to say hallelujah. We know how to say amen. But it's really of no value. It's really of no substance. And it is fake worship. You're saying the right things, but it's nothing going on in your mind and your heart. You're doing the right things just because others are around. But at the end of the day, when you're alone, if you had your choice, your worship needs to be restored because right now it is phony worship. See, let me tell you about King Herod. As it said in verse number three, the word said that he was disturbed. When you study the word disturbed in the Greek, it means agitated. It means he was frustrated. It means he was upset. What do you mean? I'm in charge. Do you, knew, do you know what I had to do to become the king of the Jews? And now you're telling me that a baby is coming in to interfere with my plans and my power? Not going to happen. See, Herod, as you study his character, he's crazy. He's a lunatic. He has psychotic tendencies. And Herod was not after contributing to worship. Herod did not want any competition. And so when he heard the baby was coming, he lost it. His attitude, Herod, when you study him, anytime that there was a threat to his kingdom, he would go off. Leah Elmer, he killed his wife because she thought she was going to take his kingdom. He killed his mama because she said something slick to him. Oh, you want my kingdom? Had her murdered. He killed his two sons because he started to get of age and was not ready to relinquish the throne. He killed every other prominent Jew. If they got any sort of clout, guess what? You were going to die. This was the man in charge. This was the man that was running the show. Historians will tell you they even named this period during the first Christmas. They call it the massacre of the innocent because he said, every child, I am so protective over my worship. I am so protective over my throne. Every male child two years and under must die. That amount of fear, that amount of pressure, You want to talk about death? Every child, congratulations, you have a baby, dead. Congratulations, you have a son, dead. Every child in the land, every child in the area had to die because of his insecurities, had to die because of his place, had to die because of his heart not being right with God. See, we think about Christmas and lights and all of these nice things. This first Christmas, it was a bloodbath. This first Christmas was rough. This first Christmas meant to sacrifice during a time of celebration. Yes, God has given me a son, an inheritance to raise, to take on the next generation. But because of the oppression of the Jews... Every child was laid on the altar. A few were able to be hidden, but once they were found, every child had to die. 
See, Jesus, they had to take him and hide him away during this period to make sure because of people like me and like you and while others, children had to be a sacrificial lamb. What kind of heart does that take? What kind of worship does that take? And unfortunately, there are people that are dealing with that type of mindset. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, don't turn because I'm rolling. Just look at the screen. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, it says their minds are full of darkness. They wandered far from the life of God that gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. See, when your mind is full of darkness, you're not knowing what's left from right. You're just trying to hold on and protect. You're walking blind. You're walking. You're trying to hear anything that goes. You respond to it. And there are people, I hope it's not your spouse, that this sounds similar to him. And you see them and you say, I see dead people. I see dead people. I know they're walking around. I know they're going to work, but they are dead. Protecting their throne, King Herod represents the worst type of evil. His worship is false and his worship is not right. See, King Herod today, we say that would never be us, but there's a few of us, if we can be honest, we like to pump our chest because we don't want to submit to the plans and the purposes of God. He said, I'm the boss. I'm the man. Who am I to be a grown man to listen to a baby? Who am I? Do you know my experience? Do you know all of the people that are on my side that now I got to submit? And the Bible tells us that we cannot have two masters. It's one way or the other. A throne can only be occupied by one king. Are you willing to give up your title for real worship? Are you willing to give up your title to be free in Jesus? See, let's kind of break it down to where we are. We block, we limit our worship because we think when we give our hearts and our lives to God that we're surrendering our fun, that we're surrendering our freedom, that we're surrendering our friends, that we're surrendering our families. And because of that, we say, you know what? I think I'm in control. I think I could do this. And God comes today on this Christmas to break that mindset, to come to break that habit, because our humanity must be submitted to his divinity. Again, our humanity must be submitted to his divinity. If you want to go to the next level, What are you holding on to? How is your worship? What's blocking it? What's preventing you from seeing others do it and you experiencing it? What are some of the things that some people try to indirectly warn you about and you're still holding on to it? Because accountability feels like an attack if you're not ready for it. 
And the Holy Spirit saying that I am a gentleman. I will wait on you. I love you when you're great. I love you when you're good. I love you when you're bad. I love you when you're ugly. I love you when you're oogly. But if you want to worship me in spirit and truth, there are some things that we got to deal with. Let's break it right now. Let's break it before we get into 2021. You went through all that trials. You went through all of the tests. Why not position yourself for greatness in this season. Worshiper number three. I need my Bible. Go to verse number four. Matthew chapter four. Let's just work our way down. Matthew chapter two, verse four and five. Let's continue. And it says, he called a meeting of leading the priests, of the leading priests and teachers of religious law. And they asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. See, the third type of worshiper is the religious worshiper. You got to be careful with religious people. See, you know that you're a religious worship worshiper when worship, you're kind of complacent about it. You become a little comfortable. When you say, you know what, my worship has not been the same because, you know, church is closed and things are tight and I lost my job. You may have to sit back and think, am I a religious worshiper? See, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Zealots, they all knew the text, Papa John. They were quoting from Matthew chapter 5, verse 2. Mom, this was quoted 500 years ago. They knew exactly where he was going to be born. They knew exactly what was going to happen. And here's the worst part. He was only five miles away from Bethlehem. They could have been there, been at the perfect experience. And through their religious spirit, there was more animals at the birth of Jesus than people. Your worship has become complacent. It's not enough to know the Bible. When you're religious, you're caught up in your duties. The Bible started off with, what, Ten Commandments? And we see during this time, they were worried about fulfilling their religious duties versus experiencing and worshiping God in the manger. God had to bring people from the east to do for the people that were right there, that knew the most and experienced the least. See, all of us in here, from the pastor, from those that are in the pew, for those that are on Zoom, for those that are on Facebook, for those that are on YouTube, or other social media outlets, that we have to make sure that we have to be proactive to take action to make sure that our worship does not become dull, that our worship does not become routine, and that we don't devalue the privilege to be able to worship God. I know it sounds old-fashioned. I know it's old. Yep, you can clap on that. Religious people, they knew the written word, but it's worship that unlocks the written word. Worship, when we know the written word, it's going to take our worship to experience the living word. 
the people, the children of Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God because of worship. He spent time. He made a sacrifice. He went boldly before the throne room of grace. And we see from when God first shows up, first we see Adam and Eve. They do their part. They fall. We get into Exodus. We see the Ten Commandments, and they continue to fail. And they say, you know what? We need a king. They tried the kings, and evil continued to prevail. And now as we get into this text right here, we see the Ten Commandments, but because of religious worship, they begin to add on and add on and add on and add on. And the text will tell you that there's over 613 traditions that they're trying to keep up with to make them feel better, to make you look lower. Their religion has prevented them from seeing and experiencing God. Do not allow your tradition to dilute the truth. I said it last week. Don't allow your tradition. I got to do this. 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 And Jesus is right here waiting on you. Jesus is right here saying, hey, I'm right here. All you got to do is take a five-mile journey. I am right here. And we get caught up into this, into that, whether you're an innkeeper, whether you're King Herod, or you became the religious person. And Jesus is saying this Christmas that he values your devotion more than your deeds. You can put that in the comments. He values your devotion to him more than your deeds to the church, more than your deeds to the people, more than your deeds to your boss. God wants your devotion today. The presence of God is more valuable than any present that you're going to receive on Friday. The presence of God is more than any present. I want the presence of God. I want the presence of God in your home today. I want the presence of God. You may not get the car. You may not get the bike. You may deserve coals, but I want everyone to receive the presence of God. I said, God, show me. Yeah. I said, God, show me. Help me out with this a little bit. I'm looking at my dad. I'm looking at Bishop. I'm looking at Elmer. I'm looking at um, Pastor Drew. And you can resonate with this real quick. I said, Lord, help me with this a little bit. And he said, think about your son. He said, go ask him. I felt the impressions on my heart to ask him this question to make this plain and simple. I went to my son on Monday. We sat down. I looked him eye to eye and I asked this question. What did I get you for Christmas last year? And he started talking about this and he started talking about that. And I'm like, nope. And he started talking about this and he started talking about that. And I'm like, and then Hope was over here in the corner. She was like, she just walked away. Crickets. She knew it was about to go down. And I said, help me make this plain. And he says, more than any gifts, a son, a daughter needs the presence of their father. Don't miss that. They can't remember the gifts, 
but he can tell me everything about the last three vacations we've been on because he didn't have the gift. But he remembered when my presence was there. He remembered when I was there to help him. He remembered when I spent time with him. Don't miss that. Let me just teach a little bit more. More than things we need him. More than this, we need him. Because if we can be honest, it is cheaper to give things. And it will cost you to give them you. That's going to hit you Tuesday. It is cheaper to just buy it, swipe it. Put it on layaway, but to give them of your time, to give them of your wisdom, to be able to make sacrifice and time and investment with them. They need you. Parents, they need you. Grandparents, they need you. If I didn't know it in 2020, in 2019, in 2020, we need his presence. So as my son began the name to these things, I, I just had the epiphany. Why am I wasting my money? I need to be more focused and committed on my devotion to him and my presence to him. Because if we look at all the things, he has good parents, but great grandparents <laughs> that bought a lot of stuff and still buying stuff and still sending stuff. Those toys will soon be neglected. Some of those toys will be broken. A few will be lost. And El Chipo Papa will hide a few and repackage them again because we lose the value of the gift. It's not about what we give our kids, but it's about what we put in them. Don't wait till they get to college to figure out what a credit card is, how it works. I'm going to stop right there. I know I just stepped on somebody's toes. Anyway, more than gifts this year, we need his glory. Come on, somebody said, I don't want any gifts. I want his glory. I don't want any gifts. We need his glory. He doesn't want more gifts. He needs his glory to be manifested on this earth so others can be able to see, others can be able to taste and see that he is good. In this season, do not settle to be an innkeeper. Yeah. Do not settle for false and fake worship. Do not allow your worship to be complacent and dull. As we started in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, we get to see true worship. Let's go to it real quick. Matthew chapter 2, beginning of the chapter. And I'm going to start from the second sentence. It says, About that time, some wise men came from the eastern land and arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. I need some people. We need some people 
By the time we open, by the time we move forward into destiny, we're not, we're, we're getting great momentum for the Boys and Girls Club, but the sake of this church, the mission and the vision for us to be able to impact, for us to be able to touch, we need people to worship like the wise men. What does that mean? When we worship like the wise men, our worship of Jesus has to be real. It has to be authentic. And if you're doing it, guess what it's going to take? Commitment. 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 To get where you want to go. See, these wise men, they were willing to spend an extraordinary amount of time to get to where Jesus was. They were willing to go up and down and through hills and valleys and all types of barriers and distractions. And we see the Magi's, which knew the less, and they traveled the furthest to be able to worship. Commentaries will tell you that this journey for them to leave from the east and to go to Bethlehem took over a year to get there. Over a year. What would happen if you pursued God all of 2021? What would happen if you just focus on the main thing? even for the rest of this year, to jumpstart the process. And we see people, they don't have the 66 books. They don't have the Old Testament and the New Testament. But they saw the Shekinah glory, and it draw their hearts. Bro, we got to go, man. We got to go get that. We've had some nice things in life, but there's something over there in the east. We got to go. I want something real. 2020 has taught me that the things that I used to want, the things that I used to value are not that important. I got to get my heart right with God. Let's go east. See, King Herod and the religious people, again, only had to go five miles. They went 365 days. They could have had the same experience to be there in the presence of God. And that's what happens when we become familiar and comfortable with the things that God has gave us. God's grace, God's mercy is not cheap. We can't treat it like that. We have to appreciate it and we have to pursue it. Pursuit is the proof of desire. And I'm asking you today, what is your desire? You don't even have to tell me. We can see it by what you pursue. We can see it by what you read. We can see it by the way you talk. We can see it by the way you write. What are you pursuing? Is it worship or is it worry? Is it worship or is it the word? Is it worship or is it God? And see, we see, we talked about King Herod. We talked about the religious people. But what about the innkeeper? The innkeeper didn't even have to go. He came to him and he still, nope, no rooms available. The wise men. (laughs) Wise, as we think about this Christmas season, we're traveling near and far to get this gift 
to get that gift, to buy this jewelry, to go get our PlayStation 5, to go get these J's, and they're nice, and I'm not downplaying all of these things, but if God is the King of kings and the Lords of lords, are you making more excuses for these things versus what are the gifts that you're trying to find? Searching the web all of these times, and God is saying, when are you going to search the scripture? When are you going to search me with all your heart? When are you going to trust me to be able to give you wisdom and guidance and direction? You do it through your worship because we worship and in spirit and in truth. They go together. It's married together. And the wise men, they got it. The religious people missed it. The innkeeper missed it. Let me talk to, because I'm pretty sure we got guests today. It's Christmas. To the unchurched, to those that are de church, for those that have been hurt by church. The text shows us, the text tells us no matter how far you're away from God today, if you're willing to pursue Him, you will find Him. I know you're hurt. I know you're upset. I know you weren't done right, but you can choose and make a wise response right now. Make the distance. Turn around, and I'm telling you, God will be ready for you. He will come with open arms when we make a conscious decision to go after him. True worship. The wise men were dedicated to do whatever it takes to get to God, whatever it takes to worship. They didn't have all the answers. They came in asking questions. They didn't have all the resources, but they were did it. They, and they did not come empty-handed. They came to worship him. They came to show their adoration. They came to show their appreciation because true worship requires investment. True worship requires inconvenience. And true worship may be illogical. The Bible doesn't talk about this, but I'm assuming some of the wise men, when they said, hey, we're going east, we see this star, a few other people said, nah, man, what's wrong with you, man? Just chill over here. We can just hang out. We got this. We got that. It's been a tough year. Sometimes when we do things for God, when we make sacrifices, when we worship him, when we make a commitment for him, others won't understand. And we have to be, uh, we have to be comfortable with that. And understand that when God leads, we follow him. When God shows, we go after him. Just like the children of Israel, they didn't have all the answers. But it was a pillar by fire, by night, and a cloud by day. I don't know, but we're called to worship him. And they continued to follow, and we see day by day, morning by morning, God is providing as they continue to keep their eyes on him, as they continue to have a true, real relationship with him. I'll ask you again, how's your worship? How's your worship today? Let's be honest. We are not just pursuing God, but God is pursuing us. Let me tell you a story real quick. Pay attention. Don't miss this. Let me tell you a story. In 1987, in Texas, 
a toddler of 18 months, Papa John, fell into a well in her aunt's backyard. The well was so deep, it measured 22 feet below ground. As they begin to go outside to find the girl, they hear a cry, and they look, and out of shock and out of fear, she is in the well. They begin to call the cops. They ask for emergencies. The community, the fire department, the police department, everyone begin to show up, frantic, upset, trying to figure out various things. The well is so small that you can't even fit a body in there, but because she was only 18 months Her body was squeezed in. One leg was up, one arm was up, and she is stuck in this tunnel. What do you do? What happens next? After hours and hours, they begin to create a full day of planning. They tried something that didn't work. They tried plan B. They're up to plan 100. It's been an entire day. And the 18-year-old toddler is still stuck in the well. The news is covering it. And I believe Ronald Reagan was actually the president. Until it came to a point, after everyone that was there extended all of their resources and times and events, they begin to reach out to an oil driller and an engineer. And they say, this is what we got to do. This is our only hope. They begin to drill a hole big enough that was parallel to the well that was 23 feet deep. They made a tunnel for them to be able to go down. And after, hear this, 58 hours long, the paramedic came out with the baby. This is a true story. There's a movie about it. You can Google it. Everybody's Baby. The Rescue of Jessica McClure. Let me one-up you real quick, though. As, ma- as amazing as that story is, Charlie, Adam and Eve dragged the entire humanity into the darkest well of sin that we're all dealing with it today. This place is full of darkness. This place is full of misery. But I got good news today. 2,000 years ago, God came down from heaven to drill a hole right where we were. He was willing to do whatever was required to get us out of this well. We've been crying. We may be injured. We may be hurt. But the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That for whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not come here to send his son to condemn you because your worship is off. But he came to save you 
right where you are. Maybe it's not been 58 hours. Maybe it's been 58 days. For some of us, it's been 58 months. For others, it's been 58 years. And God is saying he is coming to rescue you. God is saying that I am the greatest rescuer of all time. And because of that, that's why I worship. That's why I praise his name. That's why I say hallelujah. That's why I say thank you, Jesus. But God demonstrated his love for us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Before you were a thought on your mother's room, he died for you. He planned a way of escape that on your good days, that on your bad days, he loves you. You cannot escape the love of God. And it is my duty. It is my right. And it is my willful obligation to worship him, to show my love back. For he loves you. 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 For God so let the redeem of the Lord say what? So. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how many mistakes on this Christmas, God will do whatever it takes. If you're willing to reach out to him, he will do whatever it takes to give you a gift that keeps on giving. It is available for us. No conditions, no judgment, just love. So as we get ready to close, I need people to honor this moment and to begin to worship him for his grace and his mercy, to begin to honor him in this moment because we can receive his forgiveness. We can receive his love. We can receive his mercy this Christmas. Ah, hallelujah. We worship you today. Hallelujah. We honor you today, God. You came to my rescue today. That you loved us when we were unlovable. You pulled us out of the pit. You picked us up. You put us on solid ground in this moment. And today, we celebrate you. Today, in this Christmas, we worship you. The devil will not steal our praise. The devil will not steal our joy. God has been good to us. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's here, Lord. We worship you. Dear Heavenly Father, for those that are here today, there are people right now that needs to make a conscious decision to receive you in their lives. It doesn't matter how bad or how off our worship has been. Matter of fact, I need everyone to just repeat after me. We're going to do this together to make sure that this Christmas that we're positioned to show our appreciation for our rescuer. Dear Jesus, today we ask you to be our rescuer. Forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes. For we are a sinner. And we receive today the gift of forgiveness, the gift of love, 
the gift of mercy and the gift of grace. And we thank you today for what you've done for us. And we choose to follow you with our worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Worship the Lord real quick. Come on. Hallelujah. I believe without a shadow of doubt, if you're right there in the comments, if you received the word today, if you were willing to make a, re a, a, a confession today to receive your rescue package, let us know in the comments. This is what he came for. This is what he died for. That this Christmas, it is about this baby in a manger that changed my life, that changed your life, and will change anyone's life. For whosoever believeth, share this broadcast. Let others know that there is hope in their future. Let others know that there is joy on the other side of this. Let others know that while things may be wrong on the outside, God came to make it right on the inside. Hallelujah. This Christmas will be different. This Christmas is when it all changed. This Christmas is when we got it right with God. This Christmas, we didn't go under, but God has taken us over in our worship. Amen. 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 Amen.
Oh, no.